Uh, today, I would like to uh, ask you to take a copy of God's Word with you and find your place in Genesis chapter 21. Genesis chapter 21. And as you're, uh, you're looking there, I want, have this simple question I want to ask you. Do you trust in the Lord Jesus today? Be mindful of what Romans 8.28, what a great reminder for us all. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. What a glorious truth for you and I to lean on. But today, as we walk through Genesis 21, we're going to see the stakes are high. And there's a cost that is deep. And is Abraham going to follow through? Or is he going to do his own thing? Ultimately, the whole section in Genesis 21 that we're covering, do you trust in God's plan? Abraham doesn't quite know, but he follows through and he trusts in our Heavenly Father. And that is my hope and our prayer today, is that no matter what we face, as we look through the weeds and we go through the mud, we trust in God's plan. In reverence to God's word, would you stand with me, if you're able to stand with me, as we read Genesis chapter 21, verses 1 through 21 today. Genesis 21, verses 1 through 21. And the word of God says this. The Lord came to Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age, at the appointed time God had told him. Abraham named his son who was born to him, the one Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Verse 4. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God had commanded him. Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Verse 6, Sarah said, God has made me laugh, and everyone who hears will laugh with me. She also said, who would have told Abraham that Sarah would nurse children, yet have born a son of, for him in his old age? The child grew in verse 8 and was weaned, and Abraham held a great feast on the day Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw the son mocking the one Hagar, the Egyptian, had born to Abraham. So she said to Abraham, drive out this slave with her son, for the son of this slave will not be the co-heir with my son Isaac. Now this was a very difficult thing for Abraham because of his son. But God said to Abraham, do not be concerned about the boy and your slave. Whatever Sarah says to you, listen to her because your offspring will be traced through Isaac. But I will also make a nation of the slave son because he is your offspring. Verse 14. Early in the morning, Abraham got up, took bread and a water, water skin, put them on Hagar's shoulder, and sent her and the boy away. She left and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water and the skin was gone, she left the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down nearby about a bow shot away, for she said, I cannot bear to watch the boy die. So as she sat nearby, she wept loudly. God heard the voice of the boy, and the angel, angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What's wrong, Hagar? Don't be afraid, for God has heard the voice of the boy from the place where he is. Get up, help the boy, and support him, for I will make him a great nation. Then God opened her eyes. And she saw a well of water. 
So she went and filled the water skin and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy and he grew. He settled in the wilderness and became an archer. He settled in the wilderness of Paran and his mother got a wife for him in the land of Egypt. Would you pray with me? Most gracious heavenly father, we bow before you today giving you thanks. Praise in your holy name that you deserve to be praised. Lord, and we ask that you open our eyes today as we dig into Genesis 21, may we see how Abraham follows throughs with this plan because he trusts in you. And Lord, if there's anyone here today who might be struggling with um, some things they are facing today or have some things that are right around the corner, Lord, whatever they, follow, whatever they find themselves in, that they can just lean on you and trust that in your sovereign plan, Lord, that you love your child, that you're going to get us through. Glory is coming and Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would do a mighty work through this broken vessel and proclaim this wonderful word that would be edifying to the church, that it be challenging and convicting for those who need challenge and convicted today, but ultimately be comforted for those who need comforting. And we ask these in your precious son's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. There's three points to today's message. The first point is found in verse 1 through 7 in Genesis 21. God keeps his word. And that, can be, that should be comforting for you and I today. God keeps his word. We see God's grace right, off the, right in the beginning of verse 1. That the Lord comes to Sarah at the right point in time. Just like he said he would. God's word is fulfilled right here in verse 1 of chapter 21. And know this, what God says he will do. God always comes through. He delivers. He's the best closer the MLB has ever seen. Have confidence today that what God said in his word, it will take place. And I am confident that Fellowship Olathe will run the race well, from now to eternity, or Jesus calls us home and, and, and he comes back, if we continue to bring the word of God in forefront of everything we do, that his word is our promise. Not any man, not any activity, but the word of God. Verse 2, verse 2 in Genesis 21, we see the wait finally over. 25 years later, God delivers you see patience here? Something that possibly we need to work on? I know personally that we, I need to work on. But 25 years, God delivers his promise. At 90 years old, Sarah becomes pregnant and gives birth to a son. At the age that seems impossible. But be reminded of the word of God. With God, all things are possible. Now in this time frame or in this setting... People would look down at families. People would look down at wives who were without children as if God had his hand against them for not being able to have children. But that's not the case. God is going to bless Sarah and Isaac just like he promised. And the, the truth is this. God's word is always true and God's word is reality. And that's the theme from the beginning of creation as we have been going through the book of Genesis. When God said, let there be light, it happened. There is no other truth in the world today than the word of God. 
in verse 4 in this section, we see the covenant sign mentioned here. The promised seed had come, and the promised covenant sign is given. Abraham does a great job of passing down what the Lord has instructed him to do. Folks, be encouraged today. That is our calling as well. Parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles today, it is never late to start passing down the commands and the instruction from the Lord to your loved ones. Begin right now. From today, I challenge you that you begin making disciples. If you are not, have not already began, begun doing this, begin making disciples within your own homes and throughout your own families. Moving on in, in verse 5, it tells us that Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. At the time of Abraham would be drawing Social Security for 35 years now. He's at the ripe old age to start changing diapers at 100 years old. What an interesting time of his, in his life. When he should be fishing, he's changing diapers. When he should be relaxing and not have to worry about anything, he is chasing little ones. Isaac. <laughs> in verse 6, we see the Lord turn to Abraham in verse 6, we see the Lord turn Abraham's and Sarah's reproach as a blessing. What do I mean by that? The name given to the boy Isaac means laughter. And if you can recall with me in Genesis 18, Sarah laughed at the claim that she would be pregnant. And that she would have a child as she was eavesdropping on the Lord. And as we saw, it was actually the Lord eavesdropping on Sarah. Sarah's laughter in Genesis 18 has now become joy in Genesis 21. But later on in verse 6, it tells us that Sarah has some concern in her voice. What is that? Uh, that everyone's going to laugh at her. Uh, here's this 90-year-old lady carrying this child around, nursing this child around, and that's comical to the world. And Sarah says that's the truth. But the truth in reality and today, that everything that the Word of God says and proclaims, anything that Christ has done, this lost world laughs at it. What do I mean? People laugh how Christians worship a risen Savior. Christ, Christians are mocked on how we raise our children in the way of the Lord. Remember what 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, the cross is foolishness to those who are dying, but those who have life in the Lord Jesus, it is precious. So anything and everything that we do is mocked. People don't understand. But in this situation right here, this odd situation. It takes an act of God to take a man's body who is fertilely dead, a woman's body who is dead, and yet he brings them together and an act of grace comes through the power of God and they're able to have a child. I can't imagine what's taking place during this time. But I guarantee you they're praising God. So what's the takeaway from this? 
God cannot go against his word. God can never lie. It goes against his very nature, his character. Everything that he has said will take place. And some of the promises in the word of God have already happened. And do you know what? There's more to come. But rest assured, God can be trusted through this journey called life on earth. Eternity is coming for his children, and it's going to be glorious one day. And so set your heart on the promises of God. Joshua 24 verse 45 says this, none of the good promises the Lord had made to the house of Israel failed. Everything was fulfilled. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12 says this, the Lord said to me, you have seen correctly, for I watch over my word to accomplish it. There is no sweeter truth than there being forgiveness of your sin. One day, those who confessed Jesus as Lord and have repented of their sin, it will be a sweet time worshiping our Heavenly Father with the Father in faith, Abraham. No sweeter time. And it's coming. And it's coming. We worship a Father who keeps his word. And that should open our hearts to trust in the word. So that leads us to our second point. Found in verse 8 through 13, God's plans. God's plan is trustworthy. God's plan is trustworthy. Look at verse 8. It tells us that the child grew and he was weaned. And there's a celebration. Isaac is no longer surviving off his mother's milk. He is now able to eat physical substance. And if we could be a fly on the wall during this celebration, I wonder what exactly what was being said. Even though there was, on one side, there was great joy for Isaac, there seemed to be some uh, uh, gossip, some, uh, some unfortunate event in, at the celebration. Why do I say that? Well, verse 9, it tells us that Ishmael is at the feast as well. It had seemed there had been a peace in the household of Abraham for about 14 years until Isaac was born. And when he's weaned, he's about two or three in the custom of this time. And so that puts Ishmael around 16 to 17 years old. And I believe during this time, Ishmael was smart enough to understand that he had some part of the blessing and inheritance being the firstborn of Abraham. But that was not the case. That was not the case at all. So what happens? Well, I think Ishmael does exactly what any type of um, human would have done. Any type of youngster would have done. When things don't go your way, do you start to badmouth? Say uh, you, that person gets a bigger piece of cake than you do, especially the German chocolate cake. You start to badmouth that person. Hey, well, that's not fair. What about me? And that's what's going on. And so Ishmael begins to mock Abraham or Isaac. 
He starts cutting them down to elevate himself, to make himself feel better. And we see in verse 10, Sarah looks to Abraham to tell, have Hagar and Ishmael cast out. Why? Because Ishmael can't be a co-heir with Isaac. And in verse 11, we see Abraham make a very, very tough decision here. Now, remember, Abraham had been with his son 16 to 17 years. That's a good relationship with your son. Abraham probably taught him a lot of things. But Sarah had asked Abraham, you're going to have to have them leave. This, is, this brings about stress. This brings about some uncertainty. In Sarah's eyes, this is justified. But Abraham is struggling. Why? Abraham loved Ishmael. In fact, when God call, came to Abraham to promise the birth of Isaac, do you recall what Abraham's response was? Oh, Lord, that Ishmael might live before you in Genesis chapter 17, verse 18. Abraham is asking the Lord, could the covenant be through Ishmael? Abraham loved his first son, and Sarah was asking to cast him out to never see him again. This parting that will take place guarantee you broke Abraham's heart. Abraham's going to ask never to see his son, cast him out in the wilderness, into the desert heat, possibly to die and have no idea what happened. Can you feel the parting in this? Can you feel the pain and the struggle in this text? Abraham has to give up Ishmael. But the thing is, if Abraham had refused to give up Ishmael, then he would never have the heart to give up Isaac in chapter 22. Abraham has to trust in his plan, in God's plan. And this is tough. We may not see the blessing right away. But years down the line, God's going to show us the truth. And in verse 12 and 13, it is so. The Heavenly Father affirms this decision to Abraham that this is the right thing to do. God himself comes to Abraham and he says this phrase. Abraham, I know this is tough. But here's the sweet truth of who our Heavenly Father is. I know it's hard but I'll provide for the boy. What Sarah is saying for you to do right now, you may not understand, but you need to do it. Why? It's part of my plan. So I want you to listen to her, Abraham. Do, go ahead and do this, but okay, I got this. God's got this. I'm going to provide for the boy, the Lord tells Abraham. Why? Because I love you, and he's a part of your blessing. Therefore, I will make sure that the boy's going to be okay. And you know what? I'm going to bless him to be 
a great nation. The Father has got this. So what's the takeaway from this section? You see, life is filled with hard realities. I mean, Job puts it perfect. In Job chapter 14, verse 1, man born of woman is short of days and full of trouble. That's the word of God. But one day, we will get to see the big picture from an eternal perspective. As a child of God, there is never pointless pain. We are craving for meaning in situations that we face. And the truth is, God is making more and more like Jesus, and he's wanting us to put down our idols and look to Christ and rely on him more and more. Our faith in the Lord may look like we had rolled in the mud sometimes, but there's satisfaction coming for the believer. There is hope coming for us tomorrow. And that hope only begins in not in this world, but in Jesus Christ alone. I'm reminded of the wonderful hymn in days where it's cloudy and gray and messy and there's pain, but I'm reminded of this wonderful truth. Because Christ lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. And I know that Jesus holds the future. And this life is worth living because he lives. God is trustworthy, and that leaves us to believe that God will reveal the truth in our next section found in verse 14 through 21. God reveals truth, folks. Look at verse 14. We see that it's early in the morning, and Abraham gets Hagar and Ishmael some supplies. I think as you get older, you go to bed earlier and you get up earlier, right? I mean, I can remember my grandpa getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and the roosters haven't even crowed. I don't understand that. But he went to bed at 7 o'clock. So I think Abraham, as he got older, went to bed early and got up early. And so he wanted to start his day. He wanted to provide everything that Hagar and, uh, and Ishmael needed. So they got up, and they were in the desert. They're going to be going through the desert, wanting to set them up in a cool time to get traveling. And from this text, I noticed, though, that Ishmael and Hagar are only given some, some, uh, some small supplies compared to what Abraham did in Genesis 18. When he had a host of angels and the Lord with him. Why do you think that might be a little different? I truly believe Abraham is holding to the word of God here. When God says, I have this, I'm going to provide, I'm going to take care of the boy. I really believe Abraham had full faith and trust in the Lord. So he didn't cook have Sarah cook 20 loaves of bread. It was minimal. A water skin and probably a loaf of bread. In verse 15, we see that, though, that this provision runs out. And what happens? Hagar leaves her son 
under some shade. She goes off in some distance and she cries out to the Lord. Now, why does she cry out to the Lord? Well, verse 16 tells us why. It seems that Ishmael is close to death to her. What I think, I think this is quite unique here, this situation. Um, I think Hagar was a very tough lady. Ishmael, again, 17 years old, has lived a lavish life in the house of Abraham. He probably had everything done for him. He probably didn't get out and exercise. He probably never worked hard. But Hagar, the handmaid of Sarah, she worked hard. So she was used to daily grinds and, and, and working very hard and sweating. And Ishmael, he didn't know. And so they travel off a distance and Ishmael gets really, really tired. And we see in verse 17 that it is the voice of Ishmael the Lord reacts to. Why? Because of who his father is, Abraham. Ishmael was the object of care because of Abraham. God's promises will always come true and be completed. But look at verse 19. Verse 19 in our section. It says that then God opened Hagar's eyes and she saw a well of water so she went and filled the water skin and gave the boy a drink. This is the centerpiece of this section. Through tears and through pain, God opens Hagar's eyes to see the blessings that she's missing. Oh, how we can relate to Hagar so easily. In chapter 16, what did she call Yahweh Father? The El Royi. The God who sees. But there comes some uncertainty. There comes some tough times. And she's in a very, very tough place. And she easily forgets that God is El Royhi, the God who sees. More on this a little later. In verse 20, it tells us that God was with the boy Ishmael. That he took care of him. And Ishmael will begin to live in the wilderness. Do you see a prophecy complete here? Genesis 16 verse 12. What did it say? This man, Ishmael, will be a wild donkey. That phrase, a wild beast. His hand will be against everyone. And everyone will be against, his hand, against him. And he will live at odds with all his brothers. This is a completion in the word of God. Ishmael will be living in the wilderness. As we conclude today, I want us to be reminded of verse 19. Keep your eyes open. Around every corner, there's a well for you and for me, a blessing. Our Father sees you. He knows you. He created you. And when you find yourself in some uncertainty and chaos, pray. Pray that you understand God's will. Pray that he opens your eyes. Pray that you can see his truth in your lives. 
And you be patient and obedient because he is a father who keeps his promise. May we pray also that we keep our eyes focused and look around the blessings, look for the blessings and see the winds, but also pray for the lost world, that they too can see the well that brings everlasting life found in Jesus Christ our Lord. There is a well of salvation for the lost, Romans 10, 13. There is a well for those who have no hope, Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6. There is a well for those who are to be weak, Philippians 4, 13. There is a well for you and for me, for those who are found to be brokenhearted, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 13. There is a well for you in need for provision, Philippians 4, 19. There is a well for the forgiveness of those who are falling, 1 John 1, 9. In a time of need, don't look at your past. Look at the cross. Look at the empty tomb. When you feel like you need an answer, just trust. Trust. I'm reminded that this promised child came 25 years down the line. I'm reminded that the Jews will go into slavery for 400 years. I'm reminded then the Exodus that the Jews will travel through the wilderness for 40 years. So Lord, let us trust in the well that brings a living hope and keep our eyes focused towards you and bring many people to the cross of Jesus that they may too taste the everlasting water he supplies. Would you pray with me this morning? Father in heaven, we thank you for today. Thank you for the truth. Your word is true. Father, you always complete what your word says. And we are thankful. We are thankful, Lord, that you win. And as we read the story, the old, old story, Lord, that we know that there's tough times, you know, that we find ourselves seeking. But as we find ourselves seeking, may we continue to dig more and more at your word. Find ourselves in fellowship with godly people, with brothers and sisters in Christ, carrying each other's burdens, as Galatians says, giving hope where hope is needed, pointing people to Christ. Lord, this world is looking for the truth. And it may, may we be challenged today to share the truth with people who are seeking. Thank you that you understand us better than we understand ourselves. But thank you that we can lean on the promises found in your wonderful, wonderful word. We give you thanks for all things. In your precious son's name we pray. Amen.